What's going on? It's Jordan here. I've crafted another bonus podcast episode for you guys over on the audio side here where I've taken the audio from our March 28th Q&A live stream over on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel. And if you didn't get a chance to catch it live, at least you can hear the audio version of it here on the podcast platform you're listening on. But I do encourage you, catch the next one live. We'll do these Q&A streams weekly throughout the spring. And then, of course, when the fall rolls around, we'll do them every week throughout the season. It's kind of our chance to engage and talk with you guys, get your opinions and have a little dialogue with you guys that just really helps grow the country roads webcast community throughout mountaineer nation so hope to catch you at the next one live in the chat there but in the meantime and in between time enjoy the audio from our march 28th q a live stream over on the country roads webcast youtube channel mountaineer nation let's ride but don neelan's mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread Here's Harrison trouble. Stiff arms. The would-be tackler comes out of the 25 to 20. Goes around the mountain to 15 to 10 to 5. A touchdown with Virginia. He did it. to be a mountaineer wherever you may be. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into our second Q&A stream of the spring here on the Country Roads webcast. Of course, do these weekly during spring football and then during the fall season, of course, have them weekly throughout the West Virginia football season coming up in 2023. But spring football kicking off, first week now in the books. Uh, week two basically underway now. We heard from Neil Brown yesterday, a few players today. I uh, got some notes from Neil Brown's press conference we can talk about and, of course, some uh, other little news topics along the way that I'll bring up. But, of course, the main reason for these streams that we do weekly is just kind of get your all's thoughts and um, interact with you guys a little bit in regards to West Virginia's, you know, practices whether it be in fall or here in the spring and just the ongoings throughout the season when we get to fall of course right now it's just kind of emerging storylines standouts your kind of thoughts of things that you've seen and heard and mine as well and any other questions comments we might have along the way of course so be sure as always drop your questions comments concerns in the chat love the interaction with you guys and if you're in here live be sure to drop a like on the video really helps its performance which in turn helps future videos performances here on the channel and if you're a West Virginia fan and you haven't yet, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Helps us and it helps you. Helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. So while I wait on some people to file in here, I'll bring up our first little news topic here. I know some people have already covered this and you guys may have heard about it already, but definitely wanted to talk about this. Neil Brown is kind of one of the first things he announced in his press conference, actually. Let me see if I can pull this up, share it with you guys here. But be sure to drop your thoughts in along the way, like I said. 
any questions, comments, concerns you have, West Virginia football, basketball related, anything really. Like I said, it's kind of like they say on Reddit, ask me anything, right? But uh, see if we can pull this up here. All right, like I said, this was announced during Neil Brown's press conference yesterday. Rashid Marshall joining the football coaching staff as director of player relations. This was actually the job previously held by Osman Kamara, who played for West Virginia a few years ago and then held this job for a couple years since the, uh, under the Neil Brown regime. But uh, with his departure, it was open. Rashid Marshall was expressed interest. Of course, we know he's been around the football program in the past. He's also been around the media. Um, you know, he's called some West Virginia games. Um, as far as WV Sports Now, he's had a podcast with Mike Oste there on the, the same network we share there in the Sports Now family of networks. And so, um, I've certainly always been around the program since he left. And of course, one of the all time greats at quarterback. Uh, definitely. Um, but anyway, Rashid Marshall being hired to join the West Virginia coaching staff. I think it's a good hire. Uh, who knows what it could lead to in the future? I'm sure Rashid probably has greater aspirations to be. Probably, a you know, maybe this use this as a ladder to get to an on-field assistant position, and then who knows where he could move up from there. But uh, for now, just a role within the main football staff there as director of player relations is certainly a good foot in the door if he's trying to get into uh, the coaching ranks there. Other than that, let me see if I can pull up this other uh, bit of news I had that came from Neil Brown's press conference as well, or came after Neil Brown's press conference. Excuse me. He talked about it and previewed a little bit in his uh, press conference, but um, – Blake Green, what's going on, man? Good to see you in here. Appreciate you uh, chiming in, of course, as always. He says he loves this for Garrett Green and Nico as well. Yeah, I think that's a great move uh, for them, giving them someone that can mentor them and has had success as a quarterback at West Virginia, can kind of tell them what it takes. And, you know, being a conference player of the year at the quarterback position, he certainly knows what it takes to be successful and was on some very successful teams there right when uh, Rich Rodriguez was kind of getting it going there in the early years before it really hit its stride from, you know, 05 to 07. Still, you know, I think had a co-Big East title and a Big East title with Rashid as well. And I know he won player of the year once and certainly uh, one of the better quarterbacks in West Virginia history, as I said. So definitely going to be good things for uh, Garrett Green and Nico. Uh, but let me pull this up real quick. Continue to drop your all's thoughts there in the chat, of course. Questions, comments, concerns. But uh, following Neil Brown's press conference later that day, of course, Pro Day was taking place and the results from pro day here let me see if i can pull these up wv's official website there wvsports.com if you go to it and go to their article it'll take you to this uh, excel sheet here talking about the uh the players that participated in pro uh, pro day you can see ford wheaton and parker grothaus and dante Steele's just really got their measurables there they didn't do any of the combine activities i guess you could say uh ford wheaton and Steele's, of course competed in the uh nfl combine both had Great results, probably really improved their draft stocks, respectively. I did a video on that on the channel. Check that out if you haven't already. But as far as the pro day results uh, from West Virginia this past week, Jasir Cox really impressed me with the 4.59 40-yard dash. Of course, the fastest 40-yard dash belonged to Sam James with a 4.5, but I think the most surprising thing to me to come out of this, you know, that being the pro day and the combine for West Virginia is I figured Always thought Sam James was one of the fastest players on the team and certainly probably the fastest receiver. But Bryce Ford Wheaton, it turns out, at least in 40 time, is a good bit faster than Sam James. But Sam James, the fastest player to run at West Virginia's Pro Day with the 4-5. And then you get um, Wesley McCormick with 4-5-7, Edgery Lowe with the 4-7-1, Palende with the 4-9-9. And then uh, the 20-yard shuttle, surprisingly, um, Edgery Lowe gets the fastest time there. That stood out to me as well, barely edging out Sam James. And then, of course, Jasir Cox with a 4-3-1, Wesley McCormick 4-4-4, four, 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 
and uh, playing day four or five. Another surprising thing to me was Sam James height. I thought he was at least six foot, but he's uh, 5'11 here, 5'11, 185. And looking at measurables, of course, we know Bryce Ford Wheaton. Like I said, check out my video on for my thoughts on him. I think he could be a second, third round pick, maybe even at the draft right now, potentially. We'll see how it turns out for him. But uh, definitely somewhere in the mid-rounds, I think he's going to get picked up now. And I don't know if going into the draft, he was really uh, tabbed as being a draft pick. Uh, just just Sear Cox, 6'1", 207, good size. Who knows? Could I think the ones that you'll probably see drafted will be Stills and Ford Wheaton. Other than that, most of these will probably be undrafted free agents. The one I could see maybe sneaking into a late round would be Sam James, and that's due to something Neil Brown has talked about as well, and that's his ability to play special teams. He's covered punts throughout his entire career, and Neil Brown stated he thought he was not only one of the best in the conference at covering punts, but was also one of the best in the country at covering punts. And so that's one of the ways, especially as a young player, you can get on the field and get on a roster in the NFL is by playing special teams. And I believe that's Sam James' route to get there and get onto a roster is to, you know, kick coverage, punt coverage, uh, that type of thing. And maybe, who knows, he could sneak in as a late draft pick because of those things. But either way, I could definitely see him making a roster. But I think Ford Wheaton and Dante Stills are the only for sure draft picks probably. Pull back up the camera here with you guys. Hold on one second. Throat's a little dry here. I'll take a swig of my coffee, and I'll catch back up with your all's comments before I share my last little uh, bit of news here. And then, of course, I'm going to – Talk about the roster. I dropped a roster update this morning. You guys check that out if you want to, but I'll discuss it here as well uh, briefly with you guys. But continue to drop your all's thoughts. Like I said, uh, here for your all's interactions, questions, comments. We'll talk about uh, whatever you guys want here. Stay as long as you guys uh, have the interaction going and we have good engagement here. But uh, good spring for West Virginia so far. I'll get into my thoughts on Neil Brown's press conference as well, just kind of the notes I took um, summing up what he said here. But I got to take a swig of this coffee momentarily. Kenny, what's going on, man? Good to see you in here as always. You're always a lot loyal to uh, chime in and tune in, of course, and appreciate your thoughts and insights. But he says he's excited to see how Cobb works out. As am I, as am I. It was actually a great relief. One of the best things for me, to, I think, that I heard here in the first week of spring was the news that he is at with the team because I know I had talked in a couple updates before in the past that he hadn't been added to the official roster yet, so I hadn't done a roster update to add him. That was the reason that I did uh, the one that I dropped today was because of uh, finding out that he was finally on the university's official roster. I did one just a week ago. I think it was on the 21st or 22nd. I can't remember. I want to say 21st, the last roster update I dropped, and he wasn't on there at that point still. And then um, I heard Jordan Leslie mention him in a press conference, and then, of course, Neil Brown's press conference yesterday referenced him and mentioned him playing deep safety instead of spear like we all kind of assumed he would be playing and so that was good to hear at least that he's around and that he is uh, practicing with the team and then after that that led me to check the uh, official roster today uh, seeing that he was on there that's why I dropped that update and then of course the news the Hershey McLaurin and him kind of essentially swapped positions in a way uh, with um, Cobb playing a deep safety and Hershey McLaurin going to get work at the spear position, although he's out for the spring or at least out of contact. So he was working before they got into pads, which I think the first day in pads was the uh, most recent practice. But yeah, I'm real excited to see how Cobb works out as well. Uh, I don't know if he'll stay at deep safety. We'll see how that plays out. He could, though, uh, be there at Cat. I think Marcus Floyd kind of left something to be desired last season. I know he's back. Maybe he'll be a little bit better, but I could certainly see his spot getting taken as well, and Cobb would be a good candidate to do that. I think he's a little bit more athletic, but I still wouldn't rule out seeing Cobb at the spear position by the time fall rolls around. We'll see how it turns out uh, moving forward. Have they started hitting yet? What's the quarterbacks looking like? Any favorites? 
Um, interestingly enough, they haven't uh, started hitting yet. They put on the pads. I think I think they've wore the pads one or two days. I want to say only one. Uh, Neil Brown said they were just thudding though, which basically is kind of like touch. They're not tackling to the ground. Uh, as far as the quarterbacks, Jimmy uh, haven't really said specifics. The only thing he's really said is you know they've had up and downs and that they're not going to name a starter until fall camp, which is what I expected. You don't want to name a starter, and then when the transfer portal opens up in May, whoever's unhappy can leave. I think they're going to try and keep both those guys engaged. Like I've said in the past, ultimately I think it's going to be Nico, but I think they'll still have packages for Garrett because they want to try and keep both those guys on the roster for the 2023 season. As far as any favorites, uh, certainly Neil Brown talked about standouts. Let me pull up, look at my notes here. In his uh, press conference, as far as offensive standouts, the first one that he mentioned that I think is uh, the biggest um, addition the West Virginia may have had this offseason that kind of has flown under the radar for some maybe, and that's Devin Carter, a wide receiver, the transfer from NC State. Actually, you know, had committed to Penn State. West Virginia stole him which interestingly enough, the Mountaineers open up the season with Penn State, so that'll be fun. And West Virginia is also targeting a defensive back that played for Penn State last season in the transfer portal right now. I think he's visiting soon. Who knows if he ends up committing for the Mountaineers. Could be some interesting storylines with that game with Penn State, other than just the rivalry coming back, which I'm excited about. Haven't never seen it in my lifetime, but Devin Carter, he mentioned as a standout on offense, and uh, Preston Fox actually was the other wide receiver. Those were the two wide receivers he mentioned as uh, standouts uh, through the first First week of spring practice so I think that was interesting and we've heard people were talking about the Devin Carter uh, mention a lot but not a lot of people have talked about him throwing Preston Fox's name out there as the other standout receiver so I thought that was interesting and then defense as far as standouts it's pretty much the three names that he mentioned in his last press conference I think going into the spring and that's the three guys I talked about at each level that he's kind of expecting to be the leaders of this defense and that's Sean Martin on the defensive line Lee Coba at the next level there in the linebacking group. And then in the secondary, Aubrey Burks, who they have really high um, expectations for and uh, expecting him, like I said, to be a leader of the team. And they thought that he was off to a good start. So uh, as far as another transfer, Deshaun Polk, he mentioned because injury news, um, Deshaun Polk has been out for like two practices this spring, so I hadn't really got a good look at him. He did mention that in the press conference as well. Um, Having said that, I'll catch up on some more of the comments. Uh, here in a second, you guys continue to drop your thoughts in there, of course. Um, let me pull up this article from uh, the official website, actually, regarding Neil Brown's press conference yesterday and some of his thoughts following the first week of spring practice. And then um, as I read through them, I'll, of course, touch on some of my notes along the way that I've got here as well. All right, as I mentioned, Devin Carter is the one that he said really stood out. As you see here, the first bullet point, uh, Neil Brown continues to praise the play of NC State transfer Devin Carter, who made several catches downfield during last Saturday's practice. He's not a burner, but his size at six foot three, 215 pounds gives WVU a big target in the passing game. Um, then Neil Brown's comments says, we brought Devin in because we feel like he could be a frontline guy and be a one, is, and meaning he could be our uh, number one receiver this season, which I'm kind of expecting him to be. And through three practices, that's only been the truth so far. Brown said he's made some big-time plays. Brown said Carter's offseason approach was good, and he was one of the top work ethic guys during winter workouts. He's been humble in his approach, but he's really helped that group, Neil Brown said. One one week into a five-week spring program, but he's made a lot of plays and a lot of contested catches. And then, of course, this is what I was talking about with the other three players on defense that he's mentioned, uh, one at each level that he kind of expects to maybe have a leadership role on the team and probably be the three better, uh, three of the better players on the team's defense, and those being Sean Martin, Lee Coba, and Aubrey Burks. 
And then C.J. Donaldson getting more spring work than originally anticipated coming off last season's surgery. Um, and I think that's probably because they're going to rely on him to be the team's number one back this season. Last season, he didn't get the full offseason as a running back. He didn't come in until, you know, the summer, fall, and he was coming in as a tight end, and they moved him to running back. You know, he, those were either one of those were positions he never played. He played wide receiver in high school, but um, – they're getting more work this at running back now. And um, I think when it comes to contact, when it, they start tackling a little bit, you might not see CJ there as much, but um, they've certainly been working him a lot. And like I said, I expect him to be West Virginia's lead running back. Um, he, this article where he was talking a little bit about CJ Donaldson and Jalen Anderson. And uh, that's something that I noted in my uh, notes with Neil Brown's press conference as well, is he noted both of those guys as being good at pass catching running backs. And we know that they've talked about having multiple running backs on the field this season, having some two running back sets. So to me, what I'm kind of expecting, just kind of reading the tea leaves there, is that CJ and Jalen Anderson may be kind of the primary backs that are on the field the majority of the time, one of those two. And that then they will rotate in Tony Mathis, Justin Johnson, and even your true freshman Jaheim White, and who knows about DJ Oliver once he gets in here in the summer. But just mention the three that are there now, Tony Mathis, Justin Johnson, and of course, one of my favorites that I've mentioned a lot, true freshman Jaheim White. I think they'll rotate those three in, and uh, whenever they do that, they'll move C.J. Donaldson or Jalen Anderson, kind of split them out into the slot, split them out wide, so that way they can have you know multiple backs on the field. And who knows, you could even bring in Mathis and Johnson and then split out you know either Donaldson or Anderson, who's ever in, and have three running backs on the field, potentially two in the backfield, one split out. I'm sure they've got some interesting things planned with Neil Brown specifically mentioning Jalen Anderson high school tape showing that he did do a lot of pass catching. And then we know C.J. Donaldson was a wide receiver in high school. That's what he played primarily. Didn't play running back ever in his life until he played last year at West Virginia and was coming to West Virginia to play tight end, another position that he had not played really just because of how his size is. But he played wide receiver in high school. But he's going to be West Virginia's number one back this year, I feel like. Um, continuing on, talking about the offensive line a little bit. I mentioned this in the uh, roster update, I believe, uh, that I did. I don't know if it was this most recent one or the one before. But just kind of inter intermingling pieces on the offensive line, particularly with Zach Frazier not really playing him a lot this spring. Just because why do it? Why risk? Um, injuring one of your best players, you know, probably your best player on your team, who they believe to not only be one of the best centers in the Big 12, but one of the best centers in all of college football. Uh, so Brandon Yates, who they have actually going to play at center and guard this season, is getting work as the team's center this spring. Like I said, the starting offensive line across the way that we've seen throughout the spring right now with Zach Frazier just kind of resting, which, of course, you'll see him at center when the season starts. But left tackle, Wyatt Milam, left guard, Thomas Remick, those kind of as expected. Like I said, Brandon Yates there working on the snaps, uh, which Neil Brown said he's done a good job. He just has to work on snapping the ball a little bit because he's never really done it. And then at right guard, we've seen Jaquay Hubbard and Doug Nestor at right tackle. Like I said, it seems like they're going to try and have Doug Nestor move out to right tackle this season. They wanted to do that initially last season. Game one of the season, that's how they went into it with him at right tackle and Jordan White at right guard. Of course, Jordan White was injured in that game. So then Doug Nestor ended up playing right guard most of last season. But I think they're going to have him at right tackle this season. And I think that also speaks to Nico Mark. He'll probably be in the starter potentially because you'll have someone you trust protecting his blind side there if he's playing right tackle with Nico Mark. He'll be in left-handed. So I think you're starting right guard will either be Brandon Yates or Jaquay Hubbard, probably Jaquay Hubbard in my opinion. Uh, but just continuing on, Neil Brown's thoughts on the uh, offense Offensive line, as I said, Brandon Yates getting work as the team's center during the spring as they're resting Zach Frazier a little bit. Uh, Neil Brown said he's got some natural ability there. Now snaps are off a little some just because he hasn't done it. Because he's, But he's a more natural inside player. He's got a great attitude about it too. 
Uh, Brown said he's comfortable with the defensive line size-wise, excuse me, noting a pair of noses weighing 300-plus pounds. Those being uh, would be Mike Lockhart and Fatorma Mulba, the transfer from Penn State. There you go, another Penn State connection, Penn State transfer, uh, one that I completely forgot, Fatorma Mulba. They're going to be working the nose at West Virginia. I think he fits better at West Virginia. He's a really strong player. He's going to be a true nose at the West Virginia as he was uh, in a 4-3 there at Penn State here at the, uh, with the Mountaineers. He'll be able to play uh, more of that uh, nose technique. Uh, but uh, concerned about overall depth there on the defensive line, Neil Brown said they're going to add at least one more body there, maybe two. So as far as potential transfer targets we're talking about when the portal opens in May, and of course they can still target guys that are already in the portal now, although players can't enter the portal again until May, there are players that are already in there, of course, can still sign with teams, uh, make visits, things like that. So look for some defensive tackles, defensive linemen to be added to West Virginia's roster, of course, here throughout the spring and summer as they add pieces to until fall camp. Look, I'm looking for West Virginia to add anywhere from three to six more pieces throughout to the trans, from the transfer portal, uh, depending on how many people leave after spring, because that's what uh, the next thing you kind of got to look for is the next wave of transfers out, unfortunately, will be May 1st when that transfer portal window opens, kind of coinciding with the end of most spring football practices when guys kind of stay for the spring, maybe see where they're at, and then some that are unhappy will then hit the portal and leave, and that will open up some more scholarships for you to add. Um, in the transfer portal is the good news there uh, throughout the summer as you build your final roster heading into fall there. But um, speaking about the offense, um, we talked about, you know, the running backs a little bit. Tight end is a position West Virginia has a lot to replace, you know, as as, as well as wide receiver. We mentioned Devin Carter and Preston Fox and uh, a little bit of uh, Polk there as well, Deshaun Polk, the transfer from Kent State. But tight end, we know West Virginia is going to be breaking in the LSU transfer. Cole Taylor, six foot seven tight end. Uh, Neil Brown turned him as open by burst just because of that great size. And that's just kind of something West Virginia hasn't really had in the Neil Brown era as a pass-catching tight end like that. Cole Taylor actually played wide receiver in high school. Uh, Neil Brown mentioned he has a ability to, of course, stretch the field in the vertical passing game. And then he has a basketball background, actually. He's got a distinct size advantage against the players he's facing. A lot of times it's four or five inches. That's why they brought him here. They want to get the tight ends involved, I think, um, in the vertical passing game. And I think the vertical passing game is going to be something they really try and develop this season. As we know, they're going to be relying on the run more, a little bit more read option, a little bit more RPO. So to keep those defenders out of the box, in turn with that, you've got to have a good play action, deep game. We saw the comparison I've made in the past, of course, the 2016 West Virginia offense, the last time they kind of used uh, more heavy run and read option, uh, Skylar Howard and those guys. The reason that worked was because they had a great deep there and Shelton Gibson that they could take the top off defenses with as well as some other great receivers on that team as well because not only did they have a great year rushing the ball that year, Skylar Howard had some great games. Uh, and then, of course, Wendell Smallwood with his breakout season leading the Big 12 in rushing uh, 1,400, 1,500 yards, if I'm not mistaken. But Skylar Howard also threw for over 3,000 yards and 30-some touchdowns because uh, each of their offense was very complimentary of each other. And I think West Virginia, we know, is going to have a strong offensive line that was good in run blocking. But I think the question mark is how are they going to be in pass protection. And we know that West Virginia has two good dual-threat quarterbacks, but we know there's a lot of question marks in the wide receiver room where you lost essentially everyone there, and you're going to have a a lot of new faces there as well. So the passing game is certainly the question mark, and West Virginia is going to need to develop that if they want to have success because if not, teams are just going to load the box and be able to stop that uh, run there. But 
the last thing Neil Brown kind of talked about or that's quoted here, of course, was about Blaine Stewart and Bilal Marshall, who both had press conferences as well this week. Hopefully you guys check those out uh, from the university there on their official page on YouTube. If you haven't, uh, be sure and do that. Those were great. Blaine Stewart now coming back to West Virginia, as we know, the son of, of the late great Bill Stewart coming back as tight ends coach and Bilal Marshall now taking over as West Virginia's wide receivers coach this season. He was with the Mountaineers in the past as a graduate assistant, now back as a wide receivers coach, was a good wide receiver in his own right in college, playing in the Big Ten there for Purdue. But uh, mentioning both of them, Mel Brown said, they really relate well with the prayer with the players. Excuse me. Both of them are going to be elite recruiters in time. It's going to take them a little bit of time to get used to it, but they have the characteristics to recruit, and they're both good teachers. It's no different than any other profession. When you come up, you kind of know what to follow to the direction was, and they've been under some really good people. And, um, of course, I think Bilal Marshall has been around the college game um, as far as coaching-wise, a little bit more than Blaine Stewart. Blaine Stewart, of course, has been around it a lot, um, following his dad and things like that. He's been around Morgantown and WVU's program specifically a ton, so he's well endowed with that. But I think being in the NFL throughout his coaching career, we know he was assistant with the Steelers. That really brings us some pluses there uh, for the Mountaineers as far as he can help the players know what they need to do to get to that level, what's expected of them. And, of course, you know, it brings some good things as far as the offenses that he's worked with. And he's really spoken to having his hands in a lot of different position groups there with the Steelers. And we know he mainly worked with the receivers, but he also worked with the quarterbacks a little bit. And, of course, the tight ends because he thought that maybe he would get a tight end coaching job in the future. And, of course, that's what he ends up coming back to the Mountaineers as, as tight ends coach. But the one question mark there in regards to Blaine Stewart is can he recruit? Of course, I believe that he can. He seems to be very personable. And I think his dad was a pretty good recruiter. I wish he had some good recruiting classes that were ranked high. Um, nationally their uh, team ranking wise of course some of those didn't pan out in the future because some of those players didn't make it on campus grades wise transfers out uh, were bust etc we know that's a whole nother subject but uh, I think that his dad was a very successful recruiter and I think Blaine Stewart of course has some connections that can probably really help him in that aspect but that's the one thing he's just gonna have to do that he hasn't done is is recruit but if you haven't checked out their press conferences be sure and check that one out as well as Neil Brown's let me catch up on some of y'all's comments here and then I'll uh, see if I got any uh, uh, thoughts in my uh, notes from Neil Brown's press conference that I did that wasn't covered there in that article. But let me check uh, in with some of your all's comments here. Uh, be sure to drop your all's questions, thoughts, comments in the in the chat there. Um, we'll, uh, like I said, the Q and A streams here that we do weekly throughout the spring, and then once uh, the fall comes around, we'll do them. Of course, for fall camp, and then every week throughout the season as well, we release our podcast episodes. Uh, weekly there throughout the season so the Q&A streams kind of are a way to interact with your alls and get your alls thoughts whereas uh, throughout the season on the podcast you'll be able to hear our predictions and thoughts on upcoming matchups and things like that the Q&A streams you guys can chime in with yours and then here through spring um, you know it's just kind of a bit of interaction of me sharing my thoughts you guys sharing yours and you know whatever comes up comes up so I really appreciate the interaction here let me catch up on the comments with uh, you guys and then I'm going to go over some of my notes here uh, on uh, Neil Brown's press conference that I didn't get to cover there. But Eric Cruz, what's going on, Dad? I uh, got to watch Neil's interview about Rashid Marshall. I believe this is nothing but positives. Yeah, as do I. I think it's going to be really good for the program, really good for a lot of the players on the roster, as we mentioned, you know, uh, as far as Garrett Green and Nico are concerned, but could help others as well. Let's not forget true freshman Sean Boyle on campus already, um, early enrolling in the spring. And, you know, he's only an injury or two away from having to be counted upon when you only got three scholarships. Uh, scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. West Virginia not expected to add another as well. Um, Neil Brown has mentioned they're kind of done with that. And I think the only way that they would do that, of course, is knock on wood. Uh, 
Nico or Garrett end up transferring if something was to happen and then announce a starter. But like I said, I don't think they're going to do that because they want to keep both those guys involved. Although I personally feel like Nico will be the starter. Like I said, I think they'll have packages for Garrett. But as far as Rashid is concerned, great for the program. And I think great for him personally if he's looking to get into coaching, great foot in the door here uh, getting on the WVU staff. Uh, Blake Green says, really thinks that secondary will be one of the most improved rooms on the entire team and will shock a lot of people. Um, I do too. I think I like a lot of the uh, pieces that we brought in there. Um, I'll be able to speak to each one of them more specifically. I'm going to pull up the West Virginia roster here uh, to kind of close out as far as my last piece of news um, after I get into my thoughts on Neil Brown's press conference. Of course, that'll kind of be my last piece of news. But um, as far as off the top of my head, Montre Miller is a player that I've talked about a lot. I know a lot of people are kind of down on him because West Virginia – has brought in some uh, players from lower-tier schools, whether it be FCS or Group of Five, the past couple of seasons that really haven't panned out, specifically in the secondary. When you're looking at last season, when you're talking about Rashad Ajayi from the Group of Five um, and uh, Wesley McCormick from FCS, both of those were kind of a miss for West Virginia last season. But I think West Virginia did a better job in the transfer portal this offseason, and I think Montre Miller is one of my favorite additions that's kind of flown under the radar. Due to the fact that he came from the Group of Five, a lot of people are down on him because of those previous Previous editions I mentioned, but Montre Miller I think is a completely different case. He's a lot uh, got a lot more speed than both those guys, and he seems to be a lot more tested than both those guys. Um, really high grades on PFF. Um, not only you know with his competition he's played in the group of five, but when he's played Power Five opponents, he's done really well. Uh, go look last season when Kent State played Georgia. Kent State actually played one of the better games against Georgia last season. If you look across the board, uh, Georgia, a lot of their games were blowouts, but Kent State really played them well. And Montre Miller did good against them and against other Power 5 opponents he's played. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but I believe it's something like over 800 snaps. I did a video on him when he committed where I talked about it. Um, in depth, but something like 800 snaps in his college career and coverage, and he's never committed a pass interference penalty. So uh, that's a pretty crazy stat, and uh, he really has good numbers, and I'm high on him in the defensive backfield. And then I think the young guys, of course, Jacoby Spells, we know, was a really big get for West Virginia in last year's recruiting class. We saw him get some plays as a true freshman last year. Bit of a mixed bag, probably counted upon more than they expected him to be, but also really paid off some dividends, I think, for him in the future. And he made some big-time plays, specifically the game-closing uh, pick six against Virginia Tech stands out. I think he's got a really bright future uh, for the Mountaineers. And if I'm guessing right now, those are probably my two starting corners that I'd love to see the West Virginia have this season, those two on each side of the field, uh, Montre Miller and Jacoby Spells. But don't rule out Andrew Wilson Limp as well. Um, Andrew Wilson Lamp, excuse me, uh, one of the faster players on the roster, um, you know, switched over to cornerback from a wide receiver when he came in as a freshman. Um, you know, played wide receiver in high school, but been a defensive back at West Virginia. Now, really, I feel like he's ready to contribute. Had to play a little bit last year in spurts. And then, of course, Malachi Ruffin still on the roster there as well. He really played well last season late. I think he's a you know a former walk-on that certainly wasn't really expected to be counted upon last season in any major role and then ended up having to start there a few games at the end of the season for West Virginia. And early when he came in, kind of in his reserve role before he had to become a starter, um, really struggled. But then we saw him really get better there in the final few games of the season, particularly when West Virginia won those two games against the Oklahoma schools. So I think he could be a good reserve spot there at the cornerback position. And then I already mentioned Aubrey Burks. I think he's really under rated 
um, as the safety for West Virginia. Actually, last season, quietly, was the highest-rated safety, according to PFF, in the entire Big 12. And um, he's still relatively young, but now going to be accounted upon to be a leader of the defense. And I think he's got um, a lot to him that's uh, really going to stand out this season for the Mountaineers. And then uh, Keyshawn Cobb, like we said, the Buffalo transfer. If he's working at deep safety, I think that could potentially be good because I think the cat safety was a bit of a weak spot for last season. Uh, for West Virginia, and then you know that's no hate to Marcus Floyd. He had played corner his entire career before transferring in here, and then they moved him to safety. So I think he could still be great in a reserve role there. But if Keyshawn Cobbs takes that spot, that would be good for West Virginia. And then the spear position is kind of what I'm concerned about there. But I think West Virginia has some good bodies there that they can mix and match, especially with Hershey McLaurin working there. Now you've got like a safety type body to go with a couple more linebacker hybrid type bodies in Raleigh Collins and Lance Dixon, and Lance Dixon of course can kind of play spear or wheel and then interestingly enough West Virginia going to be really young at the wheel position uh Trey Lathan working there Ben Cutter working there Jeremiah Trotter working there and then Ja Favaris working there um and I think they're at the wheel linebacker position when you're talking about Jeremiah Trotter and Ben Cutter of course those are two earlier enrollees true freshman this season but uh Josiah Trotter um of course the son of Jeremiah Trotter and so I think he's got a bloodline to really contribute right away. Wouldn't be surprised to see him end up as the starter at the will linebacker position. But Trey Lathan, really high-rated recruit in last year's class coming in from Miami as well, a four-star guy. So West Virginia certainly has some pieces there in the second level of the defense linebacker in secondary, I think, uh, to potentially really surprise some people. I think certainly they'll be improved from last season, but that's not saying much, right? But, um, yeah, definitely think that they could be one of the most entire uh, – one of the most improved teams – uh, rooms on the team as well, Blake. I really do. I, I like Spells and I like Miller a lot. Um, Jimmy asked if I think they're going to go after a transfer. No, I don't think they're going to go after a transfer. Neil Brown mentioned in one of his press conferences, I believe it was the one prior to the start of spring practice, if I'm not mistaken, that they're kind of done doing the transfer portal thing with the quarterbacks. Uh, they've done that in the past and they're ready to really rely on a high school recruit, which is something I'm really excited about. And them both being dual threats gets me more excited about it. I know I've spoken in the past. That's something that I personally love. But as far as them being high school recruits, is really interesting for West Virginia because we haven't started a high school recruit at quarterback in over a decade now. Uh, the last two high school recruits to really start were Paul Millard and Forward Childress in 2013. The last one to start a season being Paul Childress. I mean, excuse me, Paul Millard in 2013. He started that year against uh, William Mary, I believe, and then. You know, the last one to start extensively, of course, being Geno Smith. Ever since then, it's been all uh, Juco transfers or transfer portal guys for the Mountaineers. So whether it's Nico or Garrett, the Mountaineers are going to have a high school quarterback behind center, and I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, Kenny says, can't wait to see uh, in the fall Davis Mallinger and Rodney Gallagher on the field at the same time. That's interesting, uh, Kenny. Haven't even thought about that. The potential of having both those guys on the field at the same time could be lethal. Uh, both those really speedy guys, especially – Mallinger's really fast, and Gallagher's really twitchy as well. He can really make some people miss. I hate to make a Tavon Austin comparison, excuse me, but um, Gallagher's kind of that type of player, I think. We know top, what, 15 recruit all-time in school history. I think actually top 10, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's like the sixth highest rated recruit in uh, WVU football history. Um, he won't be here until the summer, of course. We know that. He didn't get to enroll early. He's not here for spring practice, but can't wait for him to get here. Like I said, yeah, I think he's got a great chance to be a starting slot receiver for West Virginia. As far as Davis Mallinger, he's out for the spring, still recovering from his injury that ended his season last year as well. But super speedy guy. 
And I talked on the last live stream about how I was excited to see that position change because it's one that I've done in the past personally on the NCAA football video game. But, yeah, I think both those guys could help West Virginia have some speed and explosiveness at the wide receiver position. We haven't seen them have in, you know, quite some time. You know, off the top of my head, can't really think of anyone in the Neil Brown regime unless you want to maybe say Sam James for a brief part of his true freshman season that was really um, explosive like that. Jimmy says, Sean Martin, NFL bound. Uh, going to be the first player since like a mod to be in the league. Um, yeah, as far as, you know, coming from where near where we're from, uh, actually, you know, Sean Martin graduated from the same high school I graduated from. Of course, I graduated from there, you know, what, 15 years ago or something like that now. But uh, he uh, graduated more recently, I guess. But, yeah, same high school, Bluefield High School. And, uh, you know, been few and far between players from around here that go go pro but the last one that i can remember was probably Ahmad bradshaw yeah but who knows hopefully he gets a couple rings like Ahmad jimmy that'd be great to see um kenny says he thinks he will st- he will stay he says he thinks him and nico are really good friends uh talking about garrett green and i've heard that as well uh personally i think west virginia will be able to keep both those guys for at least this season now following the 2023 season um how it turns out i think potentially this will be the last season west virginia has both those guys around We'll see, though, but, yeah, I agree. I don't think either one of them are leaving the Mountaineers this season. I think both of them uh, have to, a part to play in West Virginia's future in the 2023 season. Exactly. If neither one of them goes down, the other one be the man, and I think, personally, like I said, I think it'll be Nico, but they could still have packages for uh, uh, Gary Green. Maxwell House would be a good partner. Yep, I agree, yeah. Maxwell House, you know, I'm always drinking coffee on these live streams, podcasts, and stuff. Hit me up, you know, any sponsorship or any other, you know, if there's any other smaller coffee companies, that'd be great as well. Always looking for the sponsorship opportunities. Countryroadswebcast at gmail.com, of course. Kenny says that'll be a great link to have to go up and get 50-50 balls. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm expecting for Devin Carter. Uh, he can kind of be the go-to possession receiver for West Virginia, go up and get some 50-50 balls, and then you can have guys like Gall- Gallagher, Mallinger, Jeremiah Aaron, uh, more speedy guys that can take the top off of, of the defense there. And then, of course, Preston Fox, I think, kind of plays a similar role to Devin Carter, and it's just kind of interesting haven't really seen a smaller size wide receiver play that type of role since like Stedman Bailey. You know, a lot of people remember Stedman Bailey as being 6'2", 6'3", but he wasn't. You know, Stedman Bailey was 5'10", 5'11". He just had that type of game that made it seem that way. And I think Preston Fox's game is a lot like that as well. He's just really good, you know, route runner, really good fundamentals, and really knows how to make plays, especially to get catches down the field and make spectacular catches. So I'm expecting to see Preston Fox get a lot of reps this season. Actually, you know, last season we saw him get a few and far between, but I think, uh, Neil Brown and mentioning him and Devin Carter as the two receivers, you know, the only ones that he really mentioned when he talked about receivers. I think that he did that for a reason. Um, Charles Kelly asked, if we get Wilson from Penn State, do you think he takes a cornerback sp- starting spot? Um, I think potentially he's going to compete there. I think he's going to compete with uh, Spells on the other side. I think personally Montre Miller's got that one. So either he's going to compete with Spells and take that other one on the other side, or he's going to be the backup to either one of the two uh, Miller and Spells that I mentioned. But I think getting Wilson would be awesome for West Virginia because that'd be a solid two deep at each side of the cornerback spot. I think talking Montre Miller and Wilson Lamp at one spot and then, you know, Spells and Wilson at another. That's great. And then you still got a guy like Malachi Ruffney if you end up needing depth there. So I would love to see West Virginia get Wilson from Penn State. Like I said, that's the transfer that's visiting West Virginia. Um, played cornerback for Penn State previously. And hopefully West Virginia can get a commit from him and get him on the roster by the time the fall comes around. The two goats of WVU, uh, Paul Millard and Ford Childress, Jimmy says, yeah, uh, don't even remind me about that 2013 season, man. Oh, that was a bad one. That was a bad one. 
Elbert Cobb says, Hey, Jordan, the Cobb family loves your show. Elbert, really appreciate the man. That, that means a lot to me. It really does. Uh, you got no idea, but, uh, appreciate you, uh, commenting and appreciate y'all, uh, tuning in and chiming in. And I'll always, uh, try and keep, uh, more live streams going. Like I said, they will be weekly throughout the spring. And then of course, weekly throughout the fall and try and slip a few in there throughout the summer months as well, if we can, but, uh, Appreciate you guys, and I enjoy you guys uh, tuning in and enjoy your interaction there as well. Kenny says, appreciate your love, brother. Appreciate you, Kenny. Uh, One of the most diehard Mountaineer fans I know there, Kenny, for sure. Uh, Elbert says, WVU had family day Saturday. I was there. All I can say is we have a better team than what everyone is saying about us. I love to hear that, Elbert. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm truly hoping is that we uh, really surprise some people this year. We need it as a program to get just kind of our morale turned around. Neil Brown needs it as a coach, I think. Um, you know, especially he's on the hot seat a lot this season. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to uh, see how things turn out for us um, right now this season. And I know uh, I'm expecting us to surprise some people as well. Um, definitely, I think, going to be another uh, bowl-eligible season. Uh, last season, I'm hoping, was more of an anomaly. Just really had some guys that really didn't fit. And I think this year we brought in – some guys that really fit a lot, especially, you know, some of the transfers that we've brought in. Cooper says he's Keyshawn Cobb's father. Oh, awesome. That's even that's even better than I'm I really appreciate you uh tuning in then uh because uh that's one of the things that I was mentioned earlier in this stream and I actually did a video about it earlier was talking about Keyshawn because I knew that um he had committed but uh hadn't seen him on the official roster for a while and then finally seen him added this week so I was super excited about that one because I've been really excited since he committed I know that he's going to play a big role in the secondary which is one of the biggest areas West Virginia needs to improve this season is the secondary that's what really hurt us last season and I think he's going to play a big part I mentioned Montre Miller a little bit ago at at the cornerback spot but I think uh key there's going to play a great uh uh, role for West Virginia as well, whether it be at the deep safety or spear. I know they got him working at that deep safety right now, but and West Virginia needs help there. Like I said, the cat safety left a little bit to be desired last season. So um, definitely I'm expecting uh, great things from this team, and I'm really glad that you're uh, tuned in here. Okay, that's what I figured. I figured it was something I knew it was some something technical like that because you know I'd asked around and I'd heard that he was you know enrolled at at the school already and stuff. So I was just like, well, I'm just waiting for him to pop up on the official roster then because it had me worried a little bit. So once he finally did, I was excited about it. So glad to hear it. Um, Kenny says I agree. Brown might do it this year. I like the moves he has made in the off season for sure. Yeah, I do too, uh, Kenny. You know he really had to this season. Uh, I think the transfer portal hurt West Virginia last year. And the comparison I've made is kind of WVU basketball. Um, you know, season before this one, Bob Huggins really kind of missed in the transfer portal. And I thought this offseason, you know, going into the season, did a better job. I think that was proved with them uh, making the NCAA tournament and having a little bit better year. And so I'm hoping Neil Brown, you know, can follow suit and do the same thing. I think he's done a better job in the portal to really help that be a possibility for this upcoming season. And then – uh. Speaking of uh, Neil Brown, some of the things that I didn't uh, cover there in that article, just some notes I have from his press conference. As far as uh, uh, the plans for the upcoming week, well, first let me talk about the first uh, week we recap that uh, I didn't get to talk about uh, from this past week, and then I'll talk about what's kind of on the upcoming agenda uh, for the Mountaineers uh, this week uh, before I found, uh, finish up with a roster uh, recap uh, and get out of here and catch up with your all's comments. Won't stay with you guys too much longer. Keep you too late here on a weeknight. But, of course, we'll be back next week with another spring uh, 
Q&A stream. But as far as the first week recap, he said the offense had good days on Tuesday and Thursday, but wasn't really pleased with the offense on Saturday. Thought they didn't really have any urgency and didn't really meet the standard, as he termed it. Put the ball on the ground a couple times. Uh, said Saturday was by far the best day for the defense. Uh, Saturday was actually the first day in pads as well. As I mentioned, only one day in pads so far. But what really stood out that the defense did on Saturday was create takeaways, and that's something they really need to improve. We know last season West Virginia didn't hardly create any, um, so they were really getting their hats on the ball and uh, forcing turnovers and forcing a couple fumbles despite the fact that they're not tackling yet and just thudding right now um, that the defense really uh, had a great day Saturday and was still able to create some turnovers. So that's good for the defense, bad for the offense. But good to see that it's a little bit of a mix of both. Uh, that's kind of what you want to see is both teams kind of having their day, both sides of the ball there, and seemed like the offense, according to Neil Brown, had a good day on Tuesday and Thursday and defense. Good day on Saturday. As far as what's coming up this week, practices are going to be on Tuesday and Thursday, and then they're going to practice again on Friday. That's actually the only time they're going back-to-back practices this season is uh, Thursday and Friday. Friday's actually the coaches' clinic. And then Saturday, they're going to be in the stadium for their first scrimmage of the spring, first 11-11 on work, uh, first 11-11 uh, full pad scrimmage there coming up this Saturday actually in the stadium. So that'll be exciting to hear about. Neil Brown, I would assume, probably have a press conference after that one or something. So that's all I got as far as uh, Neil Brown's uh, press conference, just kind of the notes I had for it that wasn't covered in the couple articles I shared in the pro day results and things like that. So get up out here before too much longer. Uh, continue drop your all's final thoughts, questions, comments, concerns there in the chat. Appreciate the interaction here tonight. Uh, really good engagement, as always seems to be with you guys that are here uh, loyally. But uh, if you are here in here on the YouTube side, whether it be live or on a playback, be sure to hit a, hit a like button, drop the thumbs up there. Really helps the video, you know, helps with that YouTube algorithm. And then subscribe so you can get this content in the future and hit that notification bell. So you'll be notified when I do go live. Um, if you don't catch it on our social media, which you can follow us there on Twitter at WVU Country Roads, and then it's Country Roads Webcast on Facebook and Instagram. But uh, drop your all's uh, thoughts there in the in the chat there before uh, we get out of here. I'll catch up with your all's comments one more time. But like I said, I dropped a roster update this morning. But just in case you guys didn't get a chance to uh, catch that, I'll scroll through the roster as it stands as far as scholarship players are concerned uh, for West Virginia, those that are going to fall on the roster updates know this doesn't have any of the preferred walk-ons on here, but there are some preferred walk-ons that I think could contribute for West Virginia this season. But uh, just to make it easier to keep up with, I'll only include the scholarship players on here. And, of course, only the players that are on campus, once they're officially on the university's official roster, I add them to my running roster here on the Google Doc. But as we know, the quarterbacks we've talked about, Garrett Green, Nico, Sean Boyle, the running back room, as I mentioned, uh, Tony Mathis, Justin Johnson, Jalen Anderson, C.J. Donaldson, and the true freshman, Jaheim White, who I'm really excited about. You know, I've made the Steve Slayton comparisons in the past, and I've said I'm allowed to do that because the great Judge Drenning did it on West Virginia's signing day show. But he brings some speed to the backfield and some uh, – home run ability that West Virginia hasn't had there in quite some time. But like I said, my two favorites right now that I think could potentially be the main backs for West Virginia are C.J. Donaldson and Jalen Anderson. And I think the Mountaineers, with the way they're going to run their offense, going to use some two backs, three backs at time, uh, can rotate in the other ones as well. And you're going to see a lot of these guys get playing time. And like I said, wide receiver position, the two standouts from Neil Brown, I think probably will play the same position at the X there, Devin Carter. 
the transfer who we've already talked extensively about in Preston Fox. The former walk-on got a scholarship last spring. Inside receivers right now, I got Jeremiah Aaron and Grayson Malashevich, another preferred walk-on that's earned a scholarship in the past. And uh, I know he's not on here on the roster, but I've mentioned him. Neil Brown's mentioned him. Hudson Clement, another in-state guy that's currently a preferred walk-on that I wouldn't be surprised to see follow a similar pass path, excuse me, as Preston Fox and Grayson Malashevich and end up as a scholarship player eventually for West Virginia and be a uh, commit. They've talked about him and his athleticism and his ability to contribute at the wide receiver position for West Virginia in the future. But then at the H position, which I think, like I said, um, Rodney Gallagher is going to factor into one of these two positions when he gets on campus, but that won't be till the fall. So, like I said, this roster, of course, only the players that are here currently. Each position, you got Deshaun Pope, the transfer uh, from Kent State, and then Davis Mallinger, who, of course, is out for the spring, as we talked about earlier. And then on the other side, I think you got Cortez Braham and Jarrell Williams working there at the Z position. But I think once Rodney Gallagher gets on campus in the fall, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jeremiah Aaron bounce outside uh, to a Z or, or an X spot and try and contribute there. And Davis Mallinger, I'm just kind of figuring we'll be on the inside, but we'll see how that pans out in the future. Tight end position, we already talked about Cole Taylor. I think he's going to be a big factor in West Virginia's offense, particularly in the passing game. Traylon Davis really helped West Virginia a lot late last season in some of their run-blocking things. He's going to continue to uh, contribute this season. Victor Wickstrom hopefully is in a spot where he's ready to play uh, now one of the West Virginia's international players. And then you got Will Dixon, who reclassified and came in earlier. And then the legacy player, TJ Johnson. Offensive line, I already kind of ran through earlier. I'll kind of scroll through it kind of slower so you guys can uh, read through it if you want with some of the reserve players as I ran through kind of the main ones that we'll be seeing throughout the season for West Virginia. Some of the reserve players, um, I don't really – too many of them that will factor in, honestly, other than the names I gave you. Maybe you'd see a Nick Malone or a Maurice Hamilton factor in and a Sully Wideman factor in. Uh, other than that, there's a name on this list, and Dylan Ray, who's currently a preferred walk-on, who I think could factor in as far as depth pieces there on the offensive line, besides the names I mentioned earlier. And then on the defensive side here, uh, running through the defensive line, already talked about Sean Martin, of course, uh, in-state player from, you know, right here in the same county that I live in, graduated from the same high school as I, that I did there at Bluefield High School, going to be relied on as a leader of that defensive line now with the departures West Virginia's had there, the attrition they've suffered. Uh, Jalen Thornton, another legacy player there that's going to factor in. And then Torres Simmons, who had entered the transfer portal previously but chose to come back. And then Eric Burton, another international player of the Mountaineers, going to be a retro freshman there this season. And then the defensive tackle in the nose tackle spot, like I said, some of these may change as we get more deeper into the spring or closer to fall camp. We'll kind of see who factors in where but right now I think you're going to either see Eddie V or Day Day Hawkins at the defensive tackle for West Virginia uh, Day Day Hawkins kind of another underrated transfer coming in from Tennessee State Eddie V we know what he can do Asani Redwood unfortunately out for the spring but he's a guy that a lot of people uh, think he has high potential and then Zakai Lawton who we know transferred in from Cincinnati last season another in-state guy formerly from Charleston I believe uh, nose tackle spot I think you'll have Mike Lockhart competing with the Fatorma Mulba, the Penn State transfer I talked about earlier, and Hammond Russell. All those are good-sized bodies there. And Braden Dugley, another young guy that could factor in there. And then the linebacking core, which, of course, bandit kind of that defensive end hybrid linebacker position. West Virginia has two bodies there right now. Jared Bartlett, who we know has been the mainstay in the Neil Brown era there. And then James Hurd, I think, is probably the most prototypical bandit West Virginia's brought in since Neil Brown's been the coach and uh, really has great pass rushing capabilities there at the bandit position and I think 
will play a role this season despite being a true freshman. I'm not saying he's going to start over Jared Bartlett. Uh, Nobody I mentioned Jared Bartlett's had a good offseason, but I think uh, James Hurd's going to factor in in a role maybe similar to what we saw Bruce Irvin factor in his first season at West Virginia. If you remember, Bruce Irvin really only played on third downs in that first season before having a role as a starting player in his uh, second and final season. But in his first season, really only playing on third downs, he still ended up, I think, second or third in the nation in sacks just because he was so great of a pass rusher. And I'm not comparing James Hurd to Bruce Irvin uh, necessarily, but James Hurd really is a great pass rusher and Mountaineers haven't brought one in. Uh, like him in quite some time, I don't think. Like I said, the Will linebacker spot, I've already talked a little bit about there with those guys. Um, Josiah Trotter, um, like I said, is going to factor in there. But they also mentioned, or Neil Brown mentioned in his press conference, that um, outside of Lee Coba, a lot of these Will linebackers and Mike linebackers are kind of interchangeable. Um, Tyreek Austin Caves, the one question mark for me. Uh, rumor I've heard uh, – from some of my colleagues is there's maybe some issues with grades and that's why he hasn't been talked about a lot because he's kind of the one name of linebacker that hasn't been brought up a lot. He didn't get on the field a lot last season, which is something I was surprised by. I thought he would be a contributor. So I don't know. I don't like to speculate on transfers out or anything like that, but uh, certainly maybe he can uh, factor in in the future because I think he's a talented player. But um, with the potential of him not being involved there and with his name not being mentioned there, I've got Josiah Trotter here listed at the mic just to have a kind of a second person there because I think whoever doesn't end up starting at the wheel linebacker position, whether that be Trey Lathan, Ben Cutter, or Josiah Trotter, um, those are going to be one of those two is going to be backing up uh, Lee Coba and playing the reserve roles at the mic this season. Spear position I talked about a little bit earlier, Hershey McLaurin, Lance Dixon, and Raleigh Collins. And the cornerback position I talked about, pretty much all of these guys, the only two names I don't think I mentioned were Josiah Jackson, who's a true freshman that enrolled early uh, this season for the Mountaineers, getting some work here in the spring. And then Jalen Shelton, who we know was a JUCO transfer, got in late last season, didn't really get to contribute much. But the Mountaineers have uh, spoken of him being a contributor in the future. He's got great length there for a cornerback. He'll be a junior this season. Safety position I've spoken about. Keyshawn Cobb and how big of an addition he is for the Mountaineers uh, via the transfer portal uh, with the struggles in the deep safety position last season. And then, of course, Aubrey Burks, like I said, one of the more underrated players on the team, I think, coming into this year. Uh, Christian Stokes there behind him, a redshirt freshman. And then I briefly mentioned Marcus Floyd and Caleb Coleman as well. Uh, Special teams, you're going to have Michael Hayes and Danny Danny King competing for the starting kicker position. Uh, Both have strong legs. Michael Hayes, I think, specifically is going to definitely be the kickoff specialist as far as who's going to be kicking field goals. I think that's going to be more of a competition between the two. Michael Hayes, of course, the transfer in from Georgia State. And then back at punter, of course, um, sophomore Oliver Strahl. So just a bit of a roster update in case you didn't get to catch the video I uh, dropped earlier uh, with some of the changes, but let me catch back up in here with your guys' final comments before I uh, get out of here for the night. Appreciate your guys' interactions uh, this evening, as always, uh, with these spring Q&A streams. And like I said, back with another one next week. And as to exactly what day it'll be, it's usually one of these middle days of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. But um, as far as which day, um, tune into our social media. Like I said, Twitter at WVU Country Roads and then Country Roads Webcast on uh, Facebook or Instagram to know exactly which day. And I usually uh, make a post on the YouTube as well. So if you're subscribed, you'll see that in your feed as well, as I did earlier today. But uh Mr. Cobb here says Carter is a grown man talking about Devin Carter at receiver. I love to hear that. I've heard nothing but praise from him from pretty much every outlet that I've heard, whether it be the coaches themselves, Chad Scott, Neil Brown, other players, um, you now from someone that's got to witness it firsthand as well. And, you know, I know the last they've had one practice open to the media and that's the one thing stood out 
you know, comment wise that I saw from or heard, whatever you want to say from multiple sources was that Devin Carter certainly looks the part of the team's go-to receiver that he was really making sp- some spectacular catches downfield. So that could be a weapon that West Virginia hasn't had in the past. And that's going to play a big part in the successful turnaround this season, I think. Silas, what's going on, man? Good to see you in here as always. He says, late to the party. Sorry, fellas. Hey, that's what the playback's for. You can always go back and catch what you missed, but I appreciate you tuning in um, even late. You know, better late than uh, not showing up at all. I always appreciate you in here, Silas, uh, loyally uh, tuning in and chiming in as well. Real life first, exactly, as Kenny said, for sure. Real life first always. Uh, Jimmy says, what's legacy player mean? A uh, legacy player just means that they're a uh, parent, grandparent, uh, someone was a player at WVU prior. I think both the legacy players that I talked about uh, going throughout the roster, Jalen Thornton, his dad, uh, played at West Virginia, uh, the great John Thornton, their defensive tackle, and then T.J. Johnson, his dad, Tory Johnson, played running back and receiver during the early, early Rich Rod eras, I believe the very first two or three eras of Rich Rod, if I'm not mistaken. Appreciate that, uh, Janet. Appreciate the love there. Uh, Kenny says, got to do something later. Everyone have a good rest of your night. believe we're heading in the right direction. Uh, Don't worry, Kenny. I'm about to close this thing up, close shop, let everyone get out of here for the night. And um, hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about next week's stream as well because, like I said, got to have four practices this week, basically. One of them, of course, being a coaching clinic. But the biggest thing, of course, is Saturday, this coming Saturday, uh, being the uh, first – full padded spring scrimmage and it's taking place in the stadium. So I'm sure they'll have refs there and everything. And uh, there'll hopefully be uh, media allowed in, but if not, I'm sure Neil Brown will have a press conference and kind of uh, give his thoughts on how it went. So we'll certainly have a lot to talk about uh, as far as things that stand out next week as well and have plenty of storylines there as well. So I'll be looking forward to that uh, and talking to with you again there, Kenny, as I always do. Yeah, guys, I guess uh, nobody else has anything in there. appreciate you guys that have a, uh, chimed in there in the chat and uh if you didn't get a chance to catch this live hopefully you'll get to tune into the next one live like i said i'll announce when it is on our social media but probably tuesday wednesday or thursday next week one of those three usually but uh that'll be next week our third one of the spring and then uh won't be too long away from the spring game after that i think we'll just have one more and then it'll be about uh time for the spring game and hopefully i'll be able to do a reaction from the uh from up there in morgantown and then I'm hoping to maybe do a little pregame live stream as well, kind of walking into the stadium or maybe sitting in there uh, waiting for the thing to kick off there as well as far as the spring uh, game is concerned. But April 22nd, uh, go check it out if you haven't uh, got a chance to ever. You know, I always enjoy it. You know, cheap tickets, $10, and it's a lot of fun. So it's it's worth it. But uh, BJ, appreciate you, man. He says he caught the end. Good stuff, brother. I appreciate you, man. Like I said, that's what the playback's for. If you want to go back and catch the rest, and if you're tuned in here and haven't uh, get a chance to catch, didn't get a chance to catch this live, and you're watching on a playback, and you might not get got a chance to uh, chime in in the chat, but you can always drop your thoughts there in the comments, and I'll respond to you there in text form when I get a chance to. I always try and respond to all the comments that I can as much as possible. But appreciate all you guys there. Um, Chad says, "Great job. I uh, hope you do a show on June camp." Um, yeah, I'm gonna try to, like I said, I'm gonna try and definitely do some things throughout the summer as well. So, uh, for sure. Um, like I said, we'll, uh, have some more, uh, moving forward. Definitely, definitely. But I will definitely be back next week and for the next few weeks, uh, guaranteed, but appreciate you, everyone here that, uh, tuned in and chimed in. Like I said, whether you're in here live or on a playback, drop a thumbs up. That really helps. And be sure and subscribe if you haven't already looking forward to the rest of spring football for West Virginia and, uh, talking about it more with you guys along the way as we get, closer and closer to the spring football game and getting our first glimpse of the 2023 West Virginia Mountaineers excited for a a good season, hoping for a turnaround and 
we'll see what happens. But regardless of how it turns out, we'll be here to cover it all along the way on the Country Roads webcast and enjoy the highs and the lows, the roller coasters that come with a college football season, especially as a West Virginia fan, right? We all know that all too well. But I'll see you guys again next week here on our next Q&A stream on the Country Roads webcast. Appreciate you guys uh, that tuned into this one live. And if you didn't get to catch it live and you're watching our playback, join us next week for our Q&A stream here on the Country Roads webcast. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...